Hey everyone, welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Rob, how are you doing? doing? Doing great, Todd. Great to be back on on Saturday doing our show. Our normal time. Yep, back in the normal slot, as they would say. Yep. And today I'm finishing off a Mountain Dew, no Red Bull, so I don't know what's worse. I think they're both real similar, probably but the Mountain Dew is probably a little bit milder for you there. <laughs> you know, both, both of them are full of, well, I don't know if the Red Bull's full of sugar, but probably. Well, there's but, caffeine probably in both of them. So. Yeah. So I'm, I'm being caffeinated. Yes. So anyway, well, here we are. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, over the last you know, Friday, I, I made it a point to, to work from, uh, from my loft. And, and over on the compound and boy, it, it, you just go to do certain things and you just run out of bandwidth and you just want to, you know, the, the F word comes out of your mouth. <laughs> so I worked half a day at the house. There was a couple of things I needed to do. And I came, end up coming in the office because I needed high speed internet. You just don't know how bad it is until you don't have it. But right. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, we've all become rather addicted to our internet connections, but you know, it's a practicality thing too. Yeah. So, so it's what our work is. So I did watch that Netflix show last oh, night. Did. I did. Oh, the social dilemma? The social dilemma. And here's the thing. I've been yeah. talking about this with my audience and maybe even a little bit on this show for two, three years, four years, five years. Oh yeah, I mean it's certainly not a new topic as no. far as I'm concerned either, because it's like, you know, you and I have both have been involved in these Facebook and social media platforms since they began. Yeah, you know, um, and it's it's interesting how they've evolved over over time. Um, you know, I think it's it used to be a much more organic discovery platform. Now it's it's all about monetization now. Yeah, you know, your posts don't get seen by very many people unless you pay. So. I think most of you, if you haven't watched this, and it, I, there was no surprises for me, a right. little, a little, but the way they portrayed it was perfect. It, yeah. it, it, if, if you've got someone that just doesn't understand what's happening in social media and how people are being manipulated, and, and I mean manipulated in ways that are very bad. Um, they can't have very bad consequences. No question about it. <laughs> so, and I think too is I kept saying, yep, 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 yep. Cause I would say there's an example of my friend or there's an example of somebody I know, or there's, you know, cause I get people that send me all kinds of quacky stuff from time to time. Hmm. And I'm like, where did you find that piece of insanity? You know? And it's, it's just, it's this cesspool of, feeding of so i guess the point you have to watch it please 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 if you're if if you're a member of this audience go watch the social dilemma spend the 94 minutes to watch it It's an hour 34 like listening to this episode don't give up this episode obviously but um go listen to it and then come back and re-listen to what i'm about to say podcasting is not being manipulated by 
most company. Yeah, I would say that the content certainly isn't being played with. No, but the caution is the content's the content. You pick whether you believe it or not. So it doesn't change so much from what maybe you're being presented on social media, but you pick the content that you want to listen to, seeking truth and seeking information and seeking authority by those that you trust and are giving trustworthy information and not some whack, whack job. It's got a conspiracy theory show that I like talking about conspiracies more to laugh about them than anything else. But then consider you have to be careful with talking about, about conspiracy theories as those that are kind of a joke though. I mean, some people take them very seriously. Well, you know, if you can't yeah. laugh at some of the conspiracy theories, then, you know, and, and, and if someone wants to defend one, that's fine. But right. so the next thing, really piece of that is um to this conversation after you've come back and listened to this after listening to the to that television program to that netflix uh, documentary is do you think we should be tracking our audience members do you think what is being pushed on us by advertisers for attribution data is a good thing it really kind of ties a little bit, Rob, because we're, we know when we're on Facebook and we know when we're on Twitter and we right. know when we're on Instagram, we know already we're being manipulated. It, you have to be cognizant you're being manipulated. And sometimes you like it because they're feeding you content you want to see. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think there is kind of a, an element here of personal responsibility too, that comes into play around allowing yourself to be manipulated too. Um, so, you know, I think that, um, then, you know, some people tend to take things at face value very quickly. And, and I think that's part of the, the matrix here that we have to think about is, is that as individuals, um, you know, how much responsibility are we willing to take for our actions and how, how we interpret information in our world and translate that into the real world and how we interact with others. True. Um, and I think that's where the rubber hits the road on this whole thing. I think Facebook could be doing all this stuff to us, but that doesn't mean that we have to allow it to have that negative influence on our lives. When you- now, granted, it's tapping into very primal instincts that we have inside of us um, that give us a, you know, like a dopamine fix or something you know that's kind of what the analogy was they were drawing in the series was is that it's um the behavior of the social platforms tapping into very uh base level instincts and emotions that humans have and that's the manipulation but it also assumes that the humans have no control over that so as we i guess i guess the what I want to say is on these platforms, we can push back against the logarithms. Right. I often will search for my mom or my family because I don't see their stuff in my feed. I'll mm-hmm. force it via search and I'll use, I'll use Facebook more as, as a Google just to find the people and the topics that I'm looking for. So I push against the, a logo, but being on playing on TikTok, Oh, it, it definitely feeds me what I want to see. And, um, and I'm, but I'm cognizant of that is doing that now. 
as an adult, grown adult, I'm hoping that at least, you know, maybe some people wouldn't agree. I, mean, I don't know if men ever completely grow up. But, um, <laughs> you know, if, uh, if, if I can know that I'm being manipulated and understand that, then I can resist it. But what about what they brought up very definitely in this content was the kids. And I look at my own kids being born in the 90s and their attachment to their devices and the opinions. And some stuff comes out of my daughter's mouth sometimes. I'm like, are you truly my offspring? (laughs) You know, know, they, they say things. And so, you know, so my job is when she says something like that, I don't engage her on social media. Mm-hmm. Now she's 23, almost 24 years old. I don't engage her on social media. I pick up my phone and I'm I say, well, what the hell are you talking about? And d- did you fact check what you're looking at? Do you do? And so I help her bring her back around into l- having some alternate. I force her to have alternate views of, of things if maybe she's locked, locked and loaded on a certain mindset. And I said, if you decide that's your opinion after you get the facts, I'm, I'm cool with that, right? We want our kids right. to have their own opinions. Sure. But we don't want them to be led down this path of, of stupidity and being brainwashed by the Alagos. So I think it's, if, 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 you, if you are a parent with teens after you watch that video, you're going to want to take phones away. If I had it to do all over again, Rob, I would have not let my kids have phones until they were 16 or 17. If I, if I, if I, if I had it, if I take and run the tape back, I would have not let my kids have mobile devices until they would have hated me and screamed at me and whined and cried, but I, I would have not. And, and when you see that those people that worked at Facebook and worked at Twitter and all those different platforms, they don't let their kids on those devices. What know, does that I tell that you? It's really interesting from the series that all those guys and what I found was kind of a little bit revolting about the whole thing really at the, at the base level is that most of the people that contributed to this documentary, um, Built were it. people that actually created this stuff, right? Created this monster, <laughs> right? And now they're, they're like not letting their kids get on and, and, and they're now all getting all guilty. And I know I right. saw one of what was out, created a speaker's, um, circuit for his, his history of creating this stuff, um, bashing it. Right. So it, it's like, he's taken both ends of the spectrum and taking advantage. I'm sure he made millions of dollars building it. Sure. He's going to make millions of dollars bashing it. So, so it's like, you know, eh. So at the same point, some of them were reluctant to talk because, you know, it sounds like there was months and months of lawyer work involved in getting some of those folks probably because of NDAs and everything else that they had yeah. with yeah. all those companies. But I just, from a podcasting standpoint, we can't let the Alagos take over the podcasting space. And I think where you may recommend certain shows to your friends. I'm going to recommend certain shows to my friends. And as long as that remains the number one discovery method of podcasting, we're safe. But 
when we start tracking our listeners and we start uh, throwing a logos in front of uh, shows, I, I think it's uh, just to chase the buck. You know, you, you Libsyn and Blueberry have been very outspoken about listener privacy. Right. But the more I start talking to other companies and other people, they, they are not. Well, and it's even going further than that, Todd. I, you know, I, I'm hearing that they, on some panels that are going on, you know, at some of these virtual events, people are even trying to badmouth the IAB metric stuff too. So, I mean, it's, it really, there's a movement to kind of undermine a lot of the fabric of the podcast industry for the almighty dollar, you know, and that's what kind of what we're up against here is. There's a lot of moneyed interests. So the more money that gets invested in the podcast medium, the more expectations exist around earning money out of, which puts pressure on many people to stretch their, the bounds of ethics medium, uh, and to go against the fabric of the medium and what it was built on. And, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, it put you and I and Rob Walsh and those that are um, strong, stardent defenders of privacy in a difficult position, where it's like we're seen as the, as you know, as the cold water being poured on opportunity, right? And mm-hmm. and that that's a hard place to be. But you know, we're here to defend the the listeners and the integrity of this medium too. So, uh, yeah, I just. I guess at this point, where we are in the podcasting space, who you associate with and what company you do business with, I think is becoming more important in in this regard. And if it be that I have to promote that we promote listener and listener privacy as a selling point, well, I'm going to do, I'll do that. And I was having a little bit of a discussion with my team, part of my team the other day, Rob, and it was some of the stuff that we talk about on this show every day on the importance of free speech and really what triggered that. And maybe it leads us into a little more discussion about going on with Joe Rogan is I saw a post about a, um, about Spotify employees in New York. And again, I don't know if this, I, I had the link. I'll try to find it. But Spotify employees at in New York are so pissed off. They're talking about going on strike unless Spotify agrees to editorialize and edit and censor Joe's words. And I, I, I'm, I'm, the, the management gave a little bit by taking some of his shows and episodes offline that pushed up against the boundaries of what appears to be Spotify's terms of service. It wasn't hate speech because if it would have been hate speech, it had already been removed from everywhere else. It wouldn't have survived being online for this time, but it again goes back to talking to controversial figures in a podcast that did not contain anything 
that would be subject to be removal from a terms of service standpoint, but just the simple fact that they talk to this person who may have a history, once again, goes back to this mentality that we're starting to see throughout the world that you, there is no redemption. There is no forgiveness. There is no, you are silenced forever. And, um, I know we, we've talked about this a lot already on this show and I don't, I, I don't really want to go down this road, but to think that employees would, would protest. So Spotify has got a, a big problem. I don't know how they're going to handle Joe going forward. And again, he's not going to be a podcast anymore, but the keyword is, I think they're going to be handling him. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> yeah. The, the thing is, is that it's, it's what he traded for. I mean, maybe Joe didn't realize how strict Spotify was on, on the, the content that they allow on their platform. I know you and I have had firsthand experience with that and how aggressive they are on that side of things. And, um, you know, you, you know, the whole saying goes, you do a deal with the, you know, with the, the man and things. You want to use a go. different word there. Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, things don't always go, go the way that you would like it to go in exchange for a big paycheck. Right. So sometimes there's a price to pay for the big paycheck and it may be, maybe areas that maybe you don't really want to go, you know, and, and, and maybe this censorship that you're talking about, Todd, is really more, um, a reflection of what we're seeing more broadly, even on the social platform, uh, around, um, you know, what's considered to be misinformation, fake news, controversies that aren't, um, that aren't credible or seen as credible. And I think we're seeing the expansion of limitations on free speech because of the extremes that we're seeing happen in the world. And these platforms are trying to be sensitive to their users, but you know, this is a slippery slope, right? Yeah. And again, it goes back to, having every word you say scrutinized and often yeah. say when we talk for 90 minutes, there are opportunities, lots of opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> so Todd, maybe we should do just 30 minutes <laughs> and just, and just sit here and look at each other. <laughs> say anything, you, you know, right. and the, 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 um, the, I guess the point I wanted to bring back when talking to my team was that, and I didn't, I, and I, I asked Barry later, I said, was I lecturing? I said, well, I don't want to lecture the team. I want to, you know, try to get them to understand and educate them on why we operate the way we operate. And it basically was, you can hate someone's guts. You know, you can hate what someone has to say, but as long as they're not on that episode spewing hate or stuff that would go against our terms of service, we're not pulling it down. You know, we're, we're not pulling that content offline. And I said, Barry, our legal will be the person that makes a determination on an episode. If it's reported, whether or not we will take content down. The Supreme court even had a hard time defining hate speech. It's very, very, very narrow. A very narrow, and it makes 
pretty it's, it's like two sentences it, it makes sense mm-hmm. you know and but then they've even left a little you know flexibility so it's up to us as a company to decide okay where where, where do we draw the line and right. um and we can do that because we're you know we're privately held in and uh you know i can if someone violates our terms of service i'll kindly ask them to go find business somewhere else but i think that uh i as i told the team i said until i am removed or no longer leading the company we will be advocates of free speech and that that's sometimes hard for people because we again and i and i don't know if there's any content on our site that if even is approaching this, but if there's yeah. so, someone in there that says something, if there's a figure that has been, that is very controversial that has been interviewed, you know, let them say what they want to say as long as they're not in, at least in that content doing what they are spouting that breaks our terms of service. So I, I don't know. It's, 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 um, uh, yeah, you know, we get content all the time that's asked to be taken down, and it's not hate speech or violence or anything like that. It's someone just doesn't like that person. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of directions that that can go. Yeah, you know, and, and I I agree. I think that some of the censorship that's going on on the social platforms is not currently in podcasting. No, um, you know the 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 takedowns you know, related to fake news or, or misinformation or, you know, manipulation of information. It's just not something that is an impact here. I do wonder though, as more and more of the companies are taking transcript and, um, analyzing, um, actual written content, um, as relating to, you know, text content based on the audio that we may see some of that come into podcasting on some of the big platforms. Um, but, but I am concerned but, about that. But again, Rob, in order to maintain safe harbors, I can't do that. Well, we can't, but I'm saying that Spotify, oh, oh, yeah, 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 Pandora, yeah. SiriusXM, and and iHeartRadio, they can they can do that kind of stuff if right. their terms of service give them the ability to. Right. Following the lead of the social platforms, I mean, I, I mean, from a corporate governance perspective, it's just you know it's a. I know that a lot of these big platforms have been under a lot of pressure from Congress and the Senate, whatever, to to crack down on their their the the stuff that's going on on their platform for a variety of reasons. But whether that's right or wrong is, but it's what's happening. Right. So I don't know. I I just I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but it seems like this just keeps coming up, and I see the the parallels, and it makes me. Well, and what's the bottom line for podcasts? I mean, is it, um, do we have to be wary of these things in our content now, or do we feel like we're still in a, in a free speech medium here? Um, I think we still are. I mean, if you look at your terms of service and you look at, uh, Lipson's terms of service, we're pretty, we're pretty open to all sorts of kinds of content. There's only certain limited areas where we kind of say, mm, maybe a little too far on that. Right. Um, but I do think that the listening platforms tend to be a little bit more sensitive to this. Uh, and that's, that's where we're going to, you know, we're going to see this situation develop over the subsequent, you know, year or a couple of years. 
I think as we become a little more, if these platforms become a little more sophisticated. Yep. Now moving on to a little more happy topic here. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got uh, one, two, three, four days as of this live event or of this podcast for you to get registered to be a Podcast Academy member. Right. Price goes up. You still can do it after October 1st, but it's going to cost you 50 bucks more. Right. So, uh, and I guess you guys are getting ready to announce shortly some categories and nominees for the Academy's first annual awards. Are you guys already at that point? Yeah. Yeah. And we've already kind of singled down on, on our, on all of our categories. We have a, it looks like we have an award design already. So things are coming together. We are going through a massive kind of rebranding of the whole thing that isn't going to come out for a while. But, um, but the other big thing that's going on at the Academy too, right now is we're, we're doing an equity, uh, or not an equity, but the quality assessment, um, of our kind of overall governance of the organization. So trying to be inclusive and trying and um, make sure that the, the Academy represents the podcasting, you know, uh, space as fairly as we can across um, all of the various groups that are involved in the medium um, and to be supportive of everyone in the medium and to encourage um, all races and genders and 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 and, and folks um, to come into the space and get involved in the space i mean i think you know todd you know i've wanted that for i don't know how many years now that the space become as diversified as the population as a whole. And I think we're, we're getting there. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's happening. I, I think there's maybe some more work to do around trying to appeal and attract and create a welcoming environment, uh, for, for all to join this medium and to participate. So those are the, you know, some of the big things that we're trying to take on. And I'm, I'm going to be doing a webinar, uh, with, um, Michelle Cobb, um, on Monday as part of a Lipson webinar, um, on the podcast Academy. So if you're on the fence about joining or whatever, you know, go to, um, to join us with that, I'll post a link to it in my Twitter account and you can hear directly from, from Michelle. She's the executive director of the podcast Academy and we'll both share what we know. And, and it's, you know, it's a young organization We're we're it's actually a really great time to be forming this because a lot of changes are happening in the world and we're, we're trying to reflect those as best possible and to be the best organization for the podcasting space as we can. So, um, you know, if you join us there, you can ask questions, you give us feedback. Um, and, and so it'll help you make a choice of, uh, if you want to join by the end of the month. Yeah. I was looking at your guys' board of governors. You guys are, looks to me like, a very diverse group of folks. So it can always be better. Actually, well, what we're going to do is expand the, the, the pool of, of governor. So. Hmm. Okay. Um, you know, and the membership's open to everyone. So yep. it is, I, I guess I'm a little confused, but so you're okay. Well, okay. I guess it is we're what it is. Proactive out there in the world, uh, given what we're seeing in the world right now. Right. Yeah. Hang on a second here. I just got a message come in.
but thought I wanted to also talk today about what we think or what you think or between the two of us, what do we think has been kind of the big podcast story of the year? Um, mm. I mean, as far as you back up and you get up to like 60,000 feet and you look down on what's happening in this, this medium, where do you think, uh, we are, um, and, and what's the big kind of tectonic shift that's happening in this medium? I, and one of the reasons that I raise this topic is so we can start thinking about as we get to the end of the year, we typically start running into, you know, the, the year in, you know, forecasts of, you know, what the, what 2020 represented, what do we look to in 2021 for the podcasting medium, uh, and what the, what are some of the big trend lines that we've been seeing here happen? And I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about, as you look at the industry as a whole, um, what, what are the evolutions that we're seeing happen that, that are most, um, most groundbreaking as you look to the future? And I know this is a complex question, but I've got some ideas just kind of at a really high level, but kind of wanted to hear your thoughts about it. I know I didn't give you much time to think about it, but no, just since you started talking, right. Uh, <laughs> um, from my perspective, it definitely looks like the suits are trying to invoke influence. They're buying right. up shows. So there's been a yeah. lot of that happening this year. Of course, yeah. there's, you know, 400,000 or something, whatever that number is for active shows. So. They really haven't made a dent in it. Um, lots of forming of networks. Right. People are uh, more finding out. That, I mean, there's like one launched every day. And then um, some of the smaller players are trying to insert influence. You know, just like we just had that uh, event this past week with it was. Um, what was the name of it that they did the stand-ups or the, the, Oh, the, 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 uh, fronts. Yeah. The X fronts. The X yeah. fronts. So you've got right. folks that are not the big corporate folks, the, you know, their middle tier groups yeah, trying to in, insert yeah. influence. Um, what else? I think that, uh, podcasting creation is off the chart. Uh, I worry about it as people go back to work or go back to their jobs, whether that will drop off. Uh, but definitely seeing a huge influx of companies that are figuring out different ways to reach their customers because they, you know, they need to have a different way to reach their customers, a traditional way. They can't be reached on Facebook because they've been a logarithm to out. Yeah. They, unless they pay, 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 pay. Right. Um. Hmm. I think that's just off the top of my head. Some of the big things I've kind of observed, I guess. Yeah, I would agree with all those. And I'm, let me throw one in. And this is definitely a big picture view, but it seems like we're seeing faster expansion and growth of podcasting outside of the U.S. Um. And and as you look at you know, these, these new listening platforms, you know, coming out of Asia and India and, and, 
Ghana, uh, Deezer, which has been involved in podcast space for a long time. But as you look at these platforms, you know, like iVox out of Spain, um, that they're just getting more and more involved in podcast. And I, this is, this is what I'm seeing, you know, out of Australia and Canada. I mean, you're just seeing just a rapid expansion of podcast listening as well as concentration. So we're starting to see more localized content in local language start to, to be developed um, outside of the U.S. And, I, and that may be something that propels this medium forward much faster as we look at the future is that, you know, instead of just being looking at it North America standpoint, which is where the medium has really mo- mostly been, um, is that it's becoming a, a true global medium. And, and it's, it's going to challenge all of us to, to think about that in ways in our businesses, in our hosting companies. So how do we embrace that kind of scale? I mean, and that kind of opportunity. Um, so that's the big thing that I'm seeing. And I'm also seeing companies that have um, audio production outside of the U.S., not just radio related, but um, shifting their models from um, doing radio production, you know, like radio spots and radio creation type of um, opportunities for clients and things like that, shifting over to being pretty much all podcasts. Uh, and those are companies that are outside of the U.S. Um, so there's a significant tectonic shift to the globalization of this medium, I think. Yeah, and I think, too, it's just like anything else. Um, and if you've had the chance to travel internationally, you'll see that either the United States is behind on trends or they're behind on trends. So you go to Japan, and Japan mobile right. pay is you know five years ahead of the United States or more, maybe 10. And mm-hmm. then you, you go, depending on where you're at in the world. So mm-hmm. because podcasting origin, originated in the United States, it, it makes sense that they're behind three to five years, potentially, mm-hmm. in, in adoption. So, but if you think about what we were doing three years ago, which seems like a lifetime here, but if you think about what we were doing three to five years ago, maybe podcasting is in the same position there that it was here three to five years ago yeah. with, with big corporate take-ups and the media consolidation and everything that was starting to happen yeah one thing that i do see different by the is the is the um the earlier focus on some level of perceptual quality um and, and i think quality is a very that term is thrown around a lot in the podcasting space well what is quality in podcasting? is it quality of audio production or is it quality of of how the content is produced right or what the content is is, is that considered to be what quality or is the audio quality my comment back would be that i think what we've seen over the last few years is there's definitely been an elevation in audio um and that's the the fidelity of the sound and the and the clarity and the and and that's a that's a metric of bandwidth number one you know you start looking outside of the u.s one of the big things that's been limited outside of the u.s is access to data um, on mobile devices and and that has limited access to certain types of higher quality sounding content right um but i do think that outside of the u.s there's been a little bit more of an emphasis because the indie side of podcasting outside of the u.s has been a little bit slower to develop um, that most of the people's perceptions 
of podcast content outside of the U.S. is coming out of um, these larger, more public radio groups like uh, the BBC or uh, the ABC out of Australia or or the CBC out of Canada. So some of those folks have been producing high-quality podcast content for many years, so the listening audience has a certain expectation of sound fidelity and quality that, um, and what I hear, pod, you know, indie podcasts are coming up in those markets. Um, talk about is they want to, um, kind of mimic what the public quality, right. Which is a little different than what you see, what you saw happen in the U S right. We're podcasting in public radio kind of, you know, kind of started together to some degree, uh, where the indie side kind of took off. Right. And quality, I don't know, Todd, I don't know if you would agree with me or not, but um, quality of audio when podcasts started wasn't as big of a deal. Um, and I think that enabled more independent producers to get into podcasts sooner. I don't well, know what you think about that. It's also a caution for those international markets that you don't want to stifle growth right. by setting a bar so high that people right. say, forget it. You know, you still want the people to be able to start a show with their fourteen ninety five lab tech microphone, right? You know, there's there's no reason why. Yeah, and and I understand maybe because there are more professionals starting in these foreign countries than they are indies, but right. it it does beg the question then: Why are the indies behind in those countries? Because indies have typically led podcasting space and the professionals here in follow. the u.s yes right right so the but question is why the, why the, did the why are the indies then why are the indies late to the game in those countries well i think it's maybe been a factor of access to lower cost audio gear um would be one facet of this i think it's also been a little bit of a culture issue too um but you know, as you've said in the past, talking about Japan, right? It just it wasn't a culture that aligned itself with with the independent podcast side of things, right? But I'm not sure Japan is reflective of Europe uh, entirely. But I don't know if you wanted to talk about that. Well, you know, it's there are so you know Japan culture is very very unique. And they're, they're the extreme when it comes to the saving face and, right. you know, there's, there's just a whole, there's a whole litany of things that go against people having an opinion that they talk about publicly. And then the, the stigmatism that goes along with criticism because they don't handle criticism well. It's about, again, it goes a little bit. And again, I, my only reason I can speak to this is just having been married to a Japanese woman for 25 years and just observations. I'm right. by far not an expert, but I know her reservations in doing things were result revolved around that type of cultural, right. That cultural piece. So, um, although if you think about some other countries that are out there that are starting to pick up in Asia, you look at Thailand, we already talked about this in a previous show on how, the host criticized the government and right. were made to publicly apologize or, you know, or, 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 or risk being caned and being whipped 
for right. criticizing governments. So th- there's some countries there are just, there is no true freedom of speech and you can't completely criticize without this, you know, in China, my God, you can't criticize the government. You'll disappear and you'll go to a, you know, you go to a camp. Um, yeah. Yet we don't, people here in the United States are so easy to give China a pass, but yet we, you look at their human rights record and what they do to people that speak out. And it's, 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 oh, well, it's at a different level. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable, right. you know, and, uh, and it, you know, they just shot a guy in India, not India, in Iran. No, they didn't sh- shot him. They hung him. They hung right. a, a guy in Iran for, for sedition, for speaking out against the government. They hung him, right. you know, and he was a world-class wrestler, you know, and uh, they hung him. It's to set an example. So some countries you just can't talk about certain yeah. topics. So I think that has a limitation factor as well. So I, I don't know, maybe Indies are scared. I mean, people are independently, they're scared. Yeah, I've heard that there's been some pullback in podcast China for the last oh. few months. Uh, was it China or Hong Kong, China or Russia? Well, I think it, it was China. I think it was China. And in, in, they just changed the law in Hong Kong. Right. Right. And I don't know if I talked about it on this show here, but I've, in my tech show, I talk a lot of smack about China and the stuff that they do and what they're doing. And right. I, I would never, from this point forward, I would not feel comfortable flying through Hong Kong to get to another destination. Um, because the way the law is written there, is doesn't matter if you're a citizen or not. If you're on a list of having talked bad about China, they'll, they'll roll you up. And if you come through Hong Kong and, and, and a transfer flight, you're flagged. You're going to get rolled up. And people people laugh at me when they when I say this, but they're serious. They have people that escape China all the time that, that they're threatened here in the United States with keeping their mouth shut, or they will their families will disappear. So. Yeah, China, there's, you know, the only way you can produce a podcast in China is do it uh, with your voice mask. Yeah. And probably then to be very careful. Yeah. So I've heard that they've, they've kind of pulled back on, you know, like talk show type things and really drill down and focus on the education side of, um, which is, you know, if you look at the culture, it's definitely focused on education. And it's a safe topic. Yeah. It's non-political. It's educational. Right. You can't get in trouble. I think that um, a few years back, the Himalaya company, which definitely had ties back there to a, a very successful kind of podcast-like educational platform that was like bringing in billions of dollars. Yes, there was some, you know, some connection that was being drawn between the success there and how much bigger podcast was in China as opposed to the U S right. and I'm not sure it was a entirely accurate comparison. Well, you look at, uh, YouTubers right. and you just Google YouTubers leaving China or escaping right. China and you'll be shocked what you're going to see. And these are mostly expats. These are people from all different countries. Right. That have been living in China, you know, they they love the Chinese culture. They love living in Shanghai or whatever they may live. 
and they love to YouTube and, and do videos. And as long as they stay in a very straight and narrow and don't get political and talk about how lovely the place is and follow the party line, they don't run into trouble. But the quest, the second they start questioning why something is the way it is or drawing attention to something they shouldn't or filming something they shouldn't, then they become pretty much a target. So, you know, this is why the number of YouTubers doing content in China is also declining. So, and it's not just there, Rob. There's, you know, you don't see content coming out of other countries unless it's bootleg and, and, um, but you know, we you certainly don't see any content, podcasting content coming out of North Korea. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but at the same point, yeah. you know, Europe, they pretty much live on the same principles as us in, here in Canada and Mexico. You can pretty much say what you want to say. Right. And there's a lot of countries around the world that's the same. Australia is the same. So, you know, from that standpoint, uh, you know, some Caribbean and some, uh, matter of fact, I saw something being said by a guy that was a, you know, I, I, here's my point of view. If you're going to live in a country, <laughs> and be an expat there's a certain amount of stuff you just have to accept you're not in america no more right and things operate differently right. and when i see expats doing videos and complaining about something i'm like that's not your country <laughs> that's their rules you agreed to live there under their rules so sh so shut up so the same thing goes with creating content you have to understand the limitations of what you can do <laughs> and not get yourself deported because I saw something the other day, some guy said something about a certain country. And I was like, man, you're on a list, dude. You're, you are short-lived for that country. <laughs> it's one thing to be a, a citizen and, and to protest and to talk bad about a country. But when you're a visitor <laughs> yeah. and not even a citizen and you're talking smack about the government, you, you're probably <laughs> on a short list on to a to an airplane ride back to America or wherever you came from. <laughs> right. They'll just send you home. <laughs> send you, you home. home now. We don't need you no more. <laughs> we don't need your dollars. We need, need don't need your attitude. <laughs> you can leave. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> well, I mean I've I've got a son that lives in in Russia, so I talk to him on a regular basis and, and, you know, he seems to think that the podcast space is, is, um, doing relatively okay in, in, in Russia, but I don't think we hear a lot about podcasting <laughs> yeah. in, in, in Russia that much. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely going to keep digging on that a little bit to see what, what's going on but, there. But would there be a podcast talking about Vladimir Putin and talking badly about him in Russia? No, I wouldn't think that that would even be something that someone would consider doing. But You know, um, the guy, the guy run the GRU, he's used to throwing people yeah. down dark black holes, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, from what I see in the pictures that I see from my son and I mean, I definitely want to visit. So right. I'm, I'm certainly not going to talk too badly about Russia. Um, I mean, I definitely want, to, to see what life's there i mean i see a lot of pictures from there and and it looks like a beautiful place i mean i mean he lives right next to the black sea right um so it, it's warm it's kind of like you know it's kind of got the same kind of latitude and longitude of southern california so um you know that's just how big that country is but 
Um, I mean, he's lived in Siberia too, but it's, uh, you know, here's, here's the funny yeah. part, Rob, I, I've been lucky enough. I've traveled 40 plus countries Yeah, and here's what I, here's what it is. People are all the same. We get up in the morning, right. we eat breakfast, take crap, you know, um, put our clothes on, take a shower. You know, we all live about the same thing. We have, right. you have our kids and it's, you know, it's, all those things are, are the same. So from the, a world over, it doesn't matter what culture you're in. We're, we're, we're all. Well, humans are humans. Humans right? are humans. Right. And, uh, it's just the government that, and, that's, and that's the, the common. that's the thing that, and, you know, and actually in Russia, I think the Russians, um, probably in certain aspects are a lot like Americans to a certain extent they're, they're, they, they get them go. They want, you know, they're well-educated. There's, you know, this, this whole this thing. And, uh, you know, Russia probably would be a cool place to visit. Now I don't want to go live there. Um, but China, on the other hand, uh, I'm afraid to visit. That's the difference in Russia. I'm not afraid to go visit Russia, but I am afraid to go visit China. Yeah. Well, actually, um, from what I gather, the, the Russian government kind of pays their citizens a little bit there. So, no. well, it's they, a true socialist country then, I guess they, well, they kind of want to keep people. There. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a heavily populated country that way. So, I mean, well, yeah. they, they have major cities and then, yeah, a lot of tundra. <laughs> There's a lot of open space. Yeah. So, and yeah. But, you know, and then there's all the satellite countries, too. So, you know, I've been in a few places, been Kazakhstan and a few other, you know, that used to be. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they have the same issues. You know, I, I kind of relate it somewhat to um, a lot of alcoholism. You know, there's just certain things that you see a lot of in some certain regions. And it, it's maybe the same in the rest of the world, but. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think the place, here's the friendliest place I've ever visited. Australia. Absolutely. The most friendliest people. Yeah. That I have, it was, I was shocked. You know, you go to I a big. all set to go down and do some conferences in Australia in June and July. And you know, you, this whole COVID thing blew it apart. You go to a big city in America and it's all like. You know, get out of my way, you know, and don't ask me a question down there. Absolutely. At least that's what I experienced. It was completely opposite. Now, maybe, you know, maybe not every city is the same, but I, I was blown away. I really, really was. Yeah. And it's a big, I mean, that's a big island too. Yeah. I think it's an island that's almost as big as, I don't Nah, I'm not sure. Yeah, about you're gonna you're gonna get yourself in trouble here with your geography. <laughs> well, no, I, I thought it was um fairly significant percentage of the landmass of the U.S. I thought right, that was pretty pretty big. I'm not sure what that percentage is, but um, it's a big place. So I think from that, you know, from that experience, you know, and I didn't I only had like 50 hours on the ground in Australia. I I was. Very, very friendly. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I turned this into an international discussion <laughs> here. What else is going on? Uh, uh, you might want to talk 
Yeah, I guess. Oh, the. I, do I have it still loaded? Yes. Tomorrow. And let me get the right screen up. Well, I know that the International Podcast Day is coming up. We're having the right. Black the Black Podcasting Awards is tomorrow. Right. Um, it's live at seven p.m. Uh, mm-hmm. I did something with the Kickstarter to help this out, and have not heard from them. So I don't know <laughs> what we donated for, but uh, anyway, um, the Black Podcasting Awards is happening tomorrow. It's at blackpodawards.com. So uh, that's coming up. And then on, let's see if I can, International Podcast so Day. They show all of their, their nominees on the website? No, they don't have any of that on there. So I, I'm a little confused. Um, they Their categories are, uh, let's see here, is Best Cultured Podcast, Most Informative Black News Podcast, Best Foodie and Drink Podcast, Best Media Podcast, Best Film TV Podcast, Best Music Podcast, Best Best Sports Review Podcast, Best Fashion or Black Fashion Update Podcast, Best Black Health and Wellness Podcast, Best Black Beauty Podcast, Best New Podcast, Best Finance. It goes on and on. Best LGBT, Best Parenting, Best Sex, Best Relationship, Best Podcast of the Year. It doesn't say, um, I guess there was explanations on how to submit. Don't know how they, how they judge everything. Maybe it's on the website. I did not take a look. Um, so yeah, I just signed up to attend, so I want to support it. So anyways, that's what's going on with them tomorrow. And it wasn't really publicized that much. So glad you asked me to put information out. Their nominee nominees were due on August fourth, so I guess it's been under planning for a while. Oh yes, Mike, I'm, uh, you just been corrected, uh, Rob. Australia is not an island; it's considered a continent. Oh, <laughs> that's sorry true. About that. <laughs> true, it is. So he's he's entirely correct. Yeah. So they have the Australian audience. We're not on an island. That's Hawaii, Rob. Hawaii is an okay, island. Well, it's a huge <laughs> island. That's all this time. It's an island chain. Hawaii has an island chain. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so New Zealand is an island. You sure about or that? Or is that a country? <laughs> it's not a continent. It's just a country, It's, it's right? been a it's few years a... since high school geography. I'm going to shut up. Uh, International Podcast Day is coming up on September 30th. So um, they've got a good schedule. It starts on uh, recorded broadcast from Dominican Republic. We'll start out, um, does it show what time it's going to go? Oh, wait a minute. September 29th at 4 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time is when they kick off. And I think it's because of the national dateline. So okay. they um, they start with uh, some United States podcasters. They move to Costa Rica. 
Malaysia, India, Kenya, Portugal. Then it switched back to um, the schedule on the 30th. Um, oh, does that end at 5 a.m.? 10 to 11 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Oh, then they, they don't go all night again. They stop. And then they kick off. Oh, smart of them. They kick off at 5 a.m. On, uh, on the 30th. They used to go That's 20. That's 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Right? Yeah, so yeah. they start at 5 a.m. Pacific. And they have some people in from Japan, from the U.K., from France, from uh, Zambia. Um, then, um, some folks from Germany, then we have an event, Hadiant has an event, uh, then Turkey, and then, uh, another program out of, uh, the Caribbean, then, um, looks like, uh, inspiration for podcasts by Focusrite, then, uh, Latin America, then we have Adam Curry on at the podcast awards. And then um, they go all the way to, wow. So they go 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Pacific, all the way up until 9, 9 p.m. Uh, on Pacific on Wednesday. So oh, that's Wednesday. Yeah. So that's, so again, they start Tuesday. They do about five hours on Tuesday. Then they do a full schedule uh, right. Pacific Daylight Time all the way up to 9 p.m. I usually can participate when it's late like that because I used to be in Hawaii to be able to do it. Now they're making me stay up late. Yeah, that's pretty late. Yeah. So Matt corrected us. New Zealand is an island. The world's biggest island is Greenland. Wow. So, so you got your, you got I've been, your. I've been properly corrected. <laughs> Good. Good though. Australia has right. some. Australia has some big open places too. Out back, <laughs> yeah, and it's you know not even stoplight towns. It's just like little towns that exist for gas and beer, right? <laughs> but, like like driving through um, Nevada or a few places in Texas or on the the <laughs> extraterrestrial highway. Yeah. Have you, Yes, I've been on that. Have you ever driven the extraterrestrial uh, highway? Yes, I have. Absolutely. You have. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's one of those rites of passage. That road does a lot of this. <laughs> it's really <laughs> a lot of nothing. A lot, a lot of nothing, of, and it's up and right. down and up and down. It can be. It can be a little scary out there because it's like you have to take your gas tank pretty seriously. Yeah. I, there was one. There's one place. I think it's between Salt Lake and. Maybe Denver. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty long stretch of road too. <laughs> it's like 180 miles of nothing as well. So, yeah, right. You but, have to make sure you have a full tank at various. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they tell you next gas 167 miles or something like that. Else <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be walking. <laughs> and cell and, service is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you don't have any cell service. Yeah, sorry. Can't even call for help. Sorry. But um, that's why you have a, well, I think there's self-service in most of those, on most of those highways. The I don't think. When you, I drove it a few years back, <laughs> I spent many miles. <laughs> with no signal. Far, right. 
Uh, funny. That's what you have podcasts for. You don't need to have a signal. Don't need no stinking signal. So that's it's a full week. And matter of fact, as soon as we finish today, Rob, I go into production of the podcast award ceremony. I don't tell anybody, but it's pre-recorded. <laughs> yeah, don't tell anybody, Todd. Nobody's supposed to know. Yeah, I, I'll pre. I don't know if I'll pre-record it today or tomorrow. Um, but I've got to do it live, huh? Boy, that is, that is risky. (laughs) Yeah. Doing the, cause you know, it's, if I I read something wrong, I can back up and redo it again. See, but believe it or not, in all the times I've pre-recorded it, I've done it in one take. So I took my, my radio show I did for many years out of the radio station. Didn't, I, I just couldn't do it anymore you couldn't do live anymore yeah Yeah, it was just too too risky i would have a guest that would supposed to call in during the commercial break so i had them coming back after break um far too many times they didn't call in in time so like oh we're back from break i just promoted a guest mike dell says i flew over the et highway at 600 knots once (laughs) did you you know, when I was um, stationed at NAS Lemoore, I was able, through a variety of circumstances, to be able to, because they have the, what we call, and we call the RAG, it's basically a slang for, that's where the training command is for the FA-18. And it was right at the beginning when they made the transition from A-7s to FA-18s. And long story short, I was able to get ejection seat called, which is really not a big deal. It's one day class. And then be able to do hops in FA-18. So I've got about 300 hours of dual seater. Now, normal FA-18s are single seaters, but in the training command, they, they have dual seater FA-18. So I, I've got a little of that high-speed action as well. But one of my most interesting flights when I was in the Navy is we were over in Nevada, and I was with my normal P-3 squadron, and uh, we were given a route, very strict route and very strict altitude requirements with the threat of if you exceed this altitude you will all go to jail (laughs) and remember i'm in the navy right working in a group that is already how should we say it um quite restricted on information that we were had access to and we were told (laughs) you'll go here 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 at this altitude do what you need to do here and then you will turn around, not outside of this area, and then back, 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 and you will not exceed a certain altitude. And we wow. got this brief. It wasn't just the navigators. <laughs> it was the whole crew. And the guys were basically like, if your navigator screws up, you're all going to jail. <laughs> wow, that's serious. <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't want us to get too high to see what they didn't want us to see. Over the mountains, or something. I would just or, say I took out of took off out of Las Vegas and had to fly a certain route and couldn't go over a certain altitude. That's all I'm going to say. Because the mountain ranges. Uh, it's all I'm. Views, it's all all right? I'm going to say. Yes, that's all you're gonna say. <laughs> I'll say it for you. Yes. So, um, yeah. So there are certain places they get very very touchy if you have a eyeball view of certain properties 
Maybe doing something uh, there that you're not supposed to see. Yeah, I've got some fun stories about Kazakhstan as well, but that's a whole different day. But um, no, it's a it's an interesting world we live in. That's all I can say. <laughs> so, Todd, uh, I wanted to mention this on on the show because it, you know, it, we have a lot of podcasters listening to this. Uh, Zoom has uh, announced a uh, new competitor to the uh the roadcast uh called zoom pod track e8 i don't know if you've had a chance to look at this uh not. no but it reminds me of another thing zoom pod track uh, that's kind of interesting i wonder if they're going to get a copyright pod track yeah from pod track yeah it's already uh, listed in best buy yeah here but it's very close on spelling. So let wow. me move yeah. over the. And it supposedly it looks like it. Can oh, I, and this it's it's called the the P eight. Let me go find dynamic it. mic, um, from you know like the Shure SM seven B, like the mics that we have here. So it, it's it looks like it has a strong, uh, strong preamp with lots of gain. All right, here we go. I got the right page now. There it is. So eight channels. It looks like one of them is dedicated to uh, your phone. Yeah. It does have a Bluetooth attachment. You, you can plug into one of the inputs. Mm, interesting. So you can connect your phone to it or a Bluetooth device. Record, mark. There's uh, up to six people can be on external headphones. You can go six, wow, six mic inputs, sliders for each, a soundboard. Well, took them a while to get the competing product out, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, the Roadcaster, I believe, is only four um, XLR. It is. So this is six. So this adds another, but it's up to eight. Can have some input from like a Bluetooth right, connection, right. Whatever, which competes directly with the roadcast. And then, how much is this thing going to cost? Uh, it's uh, five ninety, no, four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. So it's a hundred dollars less. Well, maybe there'll be some competition in pricing finally. Yeah, well, potentially. I, mean, I, I would say it's got very similar capabilities. Is it already available to buy? Yeah, it looks like uh, it is. From what I, I. I heard people talk about it. It looks like it may be out of stock and stuff wow, already because they're having a hard time keeping up with the demand. Yeah. Huh. On air buttons. That's interesting. Okay. Well, let's, let's supposedly you can do some minor editing in that little display screen. Hmm. Well, you guys can watch the video on it. Uh, let's see if I can find the other thing I was thinking about that I wanted to talk about today. Well, Zoom also announced that, was it the P4? Um, oh, yeah, Which yeah, came yeah. out, too, which was that more portable unit. Let's see here. Oh, here's what I wanted to show you. Found it. So this is uh, a competition to Daniel. So podcastindex.org has a new 
thing is called stats. They, they now have 1.317 million podcasts in their index. They say that uh, in the past three days, 86,000 shows have published an episode. In the past 10 days, 214,000. Past 30 days, 312,000. In the past 60 days, 405,000 shows. In the past 90 days, 502,000 shows have published a new episode. So what's the, the address for, for that? Podcast in, podcastindex.org. And then this page is forward slash stats. Because it's not linked to from their homepage. Yeah, someone found this and put it in one of the chats I had. So let me go back to their homepage. Yeah. So anyway, that's what they've done there. So this is kind of interesting. <clears throat> Three days, 86 wait, wait, shows that have published. Uh, oh, yeah. In show, the last three days. In the last three days, 86,000 86, shows have published in the last three days. Yeah. So that's a, that's a interesting statistic. And I sent this well, over to Angelo and I'm like, go figure out where your math isn't right. Because both Daniel and, and podcast index are, Pretty close well, in numbers. Are, are they close in numbers? Yeah. Not? Well, Daniel's was around four hundred thousand in ninety days. I haven't seen his page in a while. Oh, I. See. I think the number that's most interesting is the ten days published. That's a big number. Two hundred fourteen thousand. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a that's a significant number of of shows that published in the last ten days. Well. That's basically weekly, right? Yeah. So that's what you're seeing there. Yeah. Yeah. So this is something I'm going to keep. I'm surprised that they break it. Um, I can get three days, but why they went 1030, they should have done seven. Seven, um, 14. Rob, you can be part of the Mastodon chat and make a suggestion. Right. Yeah. That's, that's more how people publish weekly and then monthly. But it still is interesting data. It is. The 90-day one with 502,000, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to start digging in more and giving us more, and be, being that they've got their own index and have a you know, bunch of volunteers, people have time to get into this kind of minutia. Right. Yeah. Good. So again, podcastindex.org forward slash stats. So that's that's the that's the, the Adam Curry. Yes, deal. this is the yeah. Adam Curry deal. Okay. And that number went up because the ninety day number was only at four hundred some thousand a couple of days ago. So as they've added more shows to the index, right? It's only going to go up. But um. What that also jumps out to me is that, you know, a lot of people focus on in this medium, how much competition there is now. You can't make it as a podcaster. (laughs) Game's over. Doesn't, that means there's just this uh, inkling of podcasts, considering how many blogs there are and how many YouTubers there are. Right. There's millions of YouTubers, tens of millions. Yeah, I agree with you. The the 215,000 number of weekly podcast publishers, that's really your competition. 
I mean, if you're doing a weekly podcast, actually, if you look at it, these are global numbers. Right. There are 31 million YouTube channels, 31 million YouTube channels out there. How many Instagrammers are there? So Todd, this, this means that this show is part of the three day, right? Yeah. More so there are 500 million active users on Instagram. How many Twitter? I got to send a note here. Uh, how many Twitters? How many Twitter users? And of course, it's really not 330 million Twitter users. So, you know, just think about this. There's only, again, you're only competing with, you know, 214,000 different podcasts. Right. That are publishing every 10 days. Right. Yep. Hmm. But so. the, you notice the number doesn't jump big from 10 days to 30 days. So you got 214,000 10 days, 312,000. So it tells me that about half this 200, half of the 400 shows, 400,000 shows that published a new episode in the last 60 days. That means some of those are monthly. There's a, like 200, maybe 100,000 plus that are monthly shows. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you're right. Only about 200,000 if you're publishing weekly and then maybe 300,000 that are publishing once every, well, another 100,000 that maybe are bi-weekly or bi-monthly. Yeah, I would be curious uh, how many shows there are that publish every 14 days, right? Yeah. So, you know, I put this request in and they can, they can mix it up all and then hopefully later they're going to get into categories and everything, you know, what categories are updating and mm -hmm. to have yeah. some genre reports. So we know, and they're going to, and hopefully they're going to be able to tell us some of this, you know, some of the stuff I have in my database, I just got to get my team to pull it out. How many new shows are going to be, you know, what, what's hot, you know, we know what overall, what is hot, but. Mm-hmm. But compared to the rest of the world and all the other platforms out there competing for eyeballs and earballs. Yeah. Uh, so what's your thought? Have you been thinking about this, this idea of, um, you know, I know that we get faced with this every day as we talk to podcasters, but you know, what's your, um, what's the advice that you, are thinking about when you give this somebody that's looking to start a podcast right now, you know, given what you just saw with this weekly published number of how many shows are out there. I mean, what's how he's out. Have things changed you think since podcasting started around how people should think of starting a podcast? I don't. Well, Being that we didn't know what the heck we were doing when we started podcasting to begin with, that 
kind of funny because you got to throw all that out and look at where we're at today. Um, I, yeah, I t- the concept behind it. Now the concepts, the concepts haven't changed, but I think people get led astray a little bit on grandiose ideas on launch plans and all kinds of stuff. So it's really, it depends because there's really four or five different launch strategies. Are you a business? Do you have an existing website? I'll have certain advice for them. Are you already a blogger? Advice strategy for them. Do you have a social media presence on Facebook? Do you have a, you know, there's all levels of advice that you have to give someone depending on where they're at. But let's just say it's someone that's going to be doing a show in their closet or in their bedroom or wherever they find a quiet space to do a show mm-hmm. and they're starting. Um, the general advice is I give folks is think about your content, what you're going to be doing. Do you love this topic? And when I say love, do you love, do you talk about this with your friends? Does this come up in conversation with your family? Is it, is, is this an, is this something that you live, breathe and, and, right. you know, if you do, then that you've got the right topic. Um, I tell them you got to publish weekly. I tell them you can't take a break. Uh, that really gets their goat most of the time when I'm telling them you can't take a break. And then all the well, other stuff. Well, and what does a break look like? In reality, because obviously you have to take a break sometimes, but as a new podcaster, you can't take a break for the first couple of years. If your goal, again, if your goal right. is to build a successful show, if your if your goal is to have fun, do whatever you want to do. Okay, so you're you're of the thought that uh, the best way to build something here in the podcast space is being consistent. You got to, because you, yeah. first of all, first of all, Rob, the, we, you and I have got two, 3000 podcasts under our belt with everything that we've done. Right. We sit down here and we pull the microphone up. We don't, we're, we're in hour 22 and we had no plan going into this show. No. Nope. All right. So someone new, they, they, they don't find their voice until 50 episodes. I, when I was started this thing, I had making it up as we went. You know, I read, I read this broadcaster book, how to be a successful radio broadcaster. That half of that was junk, but I picked out four or five ideas out of there that I basically took off with. And we didn't have to be precise or have this big high production. It just, you know, it's just like, Hey everybody, how you doing? What do we do on this show? Hey everybody, how you doing? It, you know, so. Hey, Todd, do you think it's important now for um, new podcasters to create um, audio branding experiences at the beginning of their podcasts? Again, it depends. It always depends. Generally, though. Uh, no. Do you think it's necessary? No, absolutely not. And a key driver of success. Nope. No way. People get annoyed. You're wasting my time. If it's got something upbeat as a kickoff, it changes a little bit at the beginning of the show where you're like going into this thing. It you know you've hit afterburner and you've started the show and it's got energy and it's got what's going to happen during the show. Yeah, that that's kind of cool. 
But if you're playing well, some, the, the you spent many years doing that, right? With your, yeah. You know, I remember some of those that you, you know, you invested sure. a lot of time. Yeah. And energy. Yeah. And, and the audience got the same with me. And the audience got sick of it. Yeah, because it was like it play every time. Every time. Every time that the audience listened to it, it had to they had to endure that. It had to endure it. And it was it went from forty seven seconds to thirty three seconds to twenty three seconds. I kept squeezing and, it, squeezing it, squeezing it. Right. And the audience kept saying and finally the audience said, Enough. Well, you know how, how Netflix has dealt with this uh, with TV shows is um, they'll produce this, this you know, sizzle preview, right, of a series, right? It's like a fluff piece um, promoting the series at the very beginning, but they'll give you a little skip button. Skip. After you watched it once <laughs> That's at right. the beginning of the series, right, to never watch it again. Yep. So each time you... Once you've clicked that button once, each time you watch the next episode, it doesn't play. Matt says no breaks. Your audience doesn't take a break. It takes three years to build an audience. I say two, but yes. I mean, he's not wrong. Not wrong. Right. But it, there's no rules. Do whatever the hell you want to do. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't play jingle no more. I do on like, uh, anniversary shows. So I will have some extravaganza for 1500. I will have two or three minutes of whiplash stuff from the past years of all those little bitty clips that I paid money for that I will play at the beginning of 1500. Mm-hmm. And it'll take people back down memory lane because the show 1500 will be a memory lane show and many thankful and major, you know, major. So we'll have a little fun with 1500, but I'm not going to make quote. And every once in a while, Rob, I will go ahead and play an intro. I mean, just to surprise them. <laughs> just to shake it up a little <laughs> yeah, bit. I'll surprise them. Uh, you know, I'll play something that just, you know, go back to the original, you know, the, the right. modem, the, the old modem, the old modem. I, I'll throw that in there once in a blue moon when I'm feeling froggy. Yeah. I played that, <laughs> that, that awful modem sound in my, my radio show for many years too. So, yeah. And most people now don't even know what that is. And they don't need to know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Cause it's an awful sound. Actually. But the calls I usually get from podcasters that have started in, Again, you guys do it too. We do it. We talk with podcasters all the time. Is what are you doing and what are you not doing? And maybe you should be doing this. I often, Rob, I don't need to listen to the content. I need to know what are you doing with your show? Right. You know, because most people that take the time that want to have a call with me have done a lot of stuff with the audio and the audio is good. I may listen for 10 minutes or so. But people, uh, people uh, that don't listen to that are new listeners to my show, I often get hate mail over the 10 minutes I spend at the beginning of my tech show just going through stuff and not talking about news. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's that whole, that whole personal thing that right. you usually do at the beginning yeah. of the show, right? Yeah. And, yeah. For, and, for, and it takes people a little while to get used to that. And I said, if you don't want to listen to that, just, 10 minutes. Skip. 
Right. And you'll, you'll find something, you know, I'll be about time to get into content. The, the worst choice that I made around playing a bit of content in my, my radio show I did a long time ago, I had a sponsor from a company called mail wiper. And it was basically a software program that, that, um, that got rid of spam. Right. <laughs> and, and it, uh, it had in it add the sound of a toilet flush. Oh. <laughs> now that might so, work for the old podcast, the daily download, but, uh, right. It, well, that's, that, that's also an analogy, right? Um, well, that was an actual show name that in was what it implied. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was a regret uh, playing that. Yeah. You know, I had, I've spent a bunch of money with a company guy that yeah. I had met, like, like their team. And they gave me an intro <laughs> series of intros. I guess I'm hyping this new intro, right? Yeah. Played on the first episode. I got like 500 emails, like get rid of that. It's wrong for the show. It's, right. oh my, I, you know, and I felt, so, cause I went back to him. I said, audience hates it. And they tried revising it a couple of times. And every time they tried, it got worse. <laughs> so I think there's one of eight or nine of those intro clips that they did for me that maybe turned out okay. I, if, if I was wired up, I'd play it for you here. But, um, oh my gosh, it was bad, really bad. <laughs> so Todd, have you been um, starting to think about your year-end review? articles that you're gonna i don't you know i typically don't i i'm sure i'll probably have to put inputs in but try not to think about that stuff too far in advance i know a lot of people do it for seo to get a bounce off there well i yeah did you get an ask from the podcast business journal no for anything from no, ed no yeah, i got from ed. got an ask for that early well, this year i guess it, i must not be on ed's wish a christmas list anymore or something well, or maybe he just hasn't got to you yet so so sure. i don't think he asked last year so i think i'm off his christmas card list oh okay <laughs> not influential enough well you're on the the editorial board over there right but i haven't submitted anything in a long time so maybe that's why yeah, yeah. i just haven't had time i was going to have yeah. someone ghostwrite for me and I, I didn't even have time for that yeah, I did one a few months back for for him, and then I I did one also. Um, James Gridlin will take articles too, so so I've done that with it with James a few times too. Yeah. So well, anyway, we are here. We are um, at the end. Let me look at the calendar here. So uh, next week, oh boy, um, happening on Wednesday. Yeah, let me let me look at my schedule. Holy. Crap. So I think Wednesday's the thirtieth. Wednesday's the, the same day. So I'll be actually at the time we're supposed to start the show. This right? No, 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 no. That's Mackenzie. I start at five PM Pacific, which is eight PM. So we Eastern. might we yeah. might be okay. I'm looking again here. Let me look. He does 
11 a.m. Yeah, we can do three on Wednesday, no problem. Okay. And then uh, I may have some schedule changes coming up, but I'll I'll let you know in advance on that. Okay. So, but for the next couple of weeks, we're good uh, for sure. So, no. anyway, uh, International Podcast Day, internationalpodcastday.com. Make sure you go over there and participate. Please support Dave, Steve and Dave. They do this right. for the love of podcasting and um, it's not a moneymaker yeah. for them at all. They put a lot of time into this. They look like wrecks when it's over because of the the time they spent in front of the camera and, and organizing this and get, you know, herding the cats to get in. I think it's going to be on StreamYard again. Is it? Okay. I think so. And of course I haven't got my, how to connect to it. I'm going to have to ask for that info soon, but um, make sure you, you, you check them out and starting on the 29th and 30. And if you can't make sure you talk about international podcast day in your tweets, your feeds and, and to promote podcasting on uh, this, this coming Wednesday. But Rob and I will be back with you Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we'll see what happens in the world of podcasting. See if things melt down over the next couple of days. So you're doing your your uh, podcast awards announced on what day on Tuesday? Same uh, Tuesday. Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. The okay. podcast awards ceremony happens at 6 p.m. Pacific. On, Pacific. Okay. on so Wednesday. after our show. Yes, after our show. So. After our show, we get done at 4.30. That's 1.30. Yeah, so, yeah, I've got a few hours. I'm back on for the International Podcast Day at, at 5 p.m. Pacific with Adam Curry. And then 6 p.m. we go right into the podcast report. Okay. So sounds, right back to back. It'd be a little insane. So You can tell us all the winners on, on, on this show. No, I can't. <laughs> all right everybody thanks for being here okay we'll take care we'll see you right. next time okay bye. Yeah, bye oh we didn't say our todd at blueberry.com rob at and uh, at geek news is my twitter address rob yeah, right right mine is uh rob g at uh, lipton.com if you want to send me an email and uh, i'm on twitter as well at rob greenley there we go so. And we will now leave. See you later. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye.